5 and just pick up a little context where Jesus spent the first part of this sermon, the Sermon on the Mount. Everything that is in the Sermon on the Mount is in the context of the first uh, 20 verses of Matthew chapter 5. The Beatitudes, the result of the Beatitudes, salt, light, good works, and we are not destroying the law, we're not ignoring the law, we're not pretending the law doesn't exist. The law was fulfilled in Jesus Christ, but there is a personal responsibility for every person who wishes to enter the kingdom. And by the way, if you're going to enter the kingdom, you got to be saved. Amen? If you're going to enter the kingdom, if you're going to be saved, your righteousness has to exceed that of the scribes and the Pharisees. We'll see uh, uh, Jesus doing this to the rich young ruler. Mark chapter 10. Remember him? He comes running. He says... What must I do to inherit eternal life? You say, keep the Ten Commandments. Well, I've done that. Had he kept the Ten Commandments, no person ever has. But he thought he had. His answer was, all these I've kept. I haven't murdered anybody. I haven't committed adultery. Yet Jesus is going through these commandments and he's saying, listen, this is what the commandment says. But I am going to explain to you what God's standard of holiness truly is. Thou shalt not kill. I'm telling you, you're not to have an unforgiving spirit. You're not to carry around the burden of anger and hatred in your soul. If you're a Christian, you cannot do those things and enter the kingdom of God. Thou shalt not commit adultery. I'm telling you that if you are going to enter into the kingdom of God, you cannot walk through this life with a lustful, covetous spirit wanting all these things that do not belong to you. It says, thou shalt not bear false witness. Thou shalt not forswear thyself. Thou shalt keep thy oaths. If you make a promise, you're to keep your word. That's what the Old Testament law said. He said, you're to have enough character that what you speak does not need affirmed, does not, will not need to be denied. How many of you have made a promise only to realize you made a promise that you cannot keep? Isn't that an awful thing? The Bible says if you're going to enter the kingdom of God, you're not going to make promises that you can't keep. You're not going to be running around saying it'll be okay, it'll be okay. You know, sometimes it's just not okay. Uh, there are certain things that can't be made okay. Don't go around just saying things. I mean, one of the big problems that we have in our society today, in our country, and they're going to they're do it. Our government is going to do something because something needs to be done. 
but is what's going on in Congress this week going to help our country? If you think it is, write your name down on a piece of paper, set up some counseling because you need desperate help. Uh, this economic stimulus package is... It ought to terrify you as an American. As a Christian, just be glad your faith is not in Washington. Amen? My faith is in the Lord Jesus Christ. But pray for these people. They can make it very difficult for us to serve the Lord. And uh, I think... Uh, at this present time, if you'll do the math, it, the stimulus package is supposed to create 3.6 million jobs or something like that. Uh, somebody did the math. That's only about uh, just a little under $350,000 per job. How many of these jobs are going to pay <laughs> $50,000 a year. They're not. Most of them are not going to even be a good paying job. Be, be afraid. But Christians, let's not be among those people who are just trying to do something because there's something needs to be done. Let's serve the Lord and have enough character not to just go spouting off at the mouth because something needs to be said. I think in Proverbs it said something about uh, even a fool when he holdeth his peace is counted wise. Uh, being that it's the anniversary of Abraham Lincoln's birthday, he reworded that just a little bit. He said it's uh, better to remain silent and thought a fool than to open one's mouth and remove all doubt. And... Uh, But that's what this passage, Thou shalt not forswear thyself, is talking about. You talk about the Bible being tomorrow's headlines. I mean, it's just right there. Now we come to one of the most misunderstood, stretched, ignored. Well, I know what it says, but I'm not... I mean, this is... And my prayer is that we're not going to cover the whole thing tonight. There's just no way... Uh, but I want us to just do an overview of the passage and then go back and try to get in some more detail. And, and again, uh, listen very closely. And if I say something really strange, uh, wave your hand and we'll reword it and try to make sure that um, it's not coming out mixed up with instructions on installing doors or anchors and concrete walls. All right. Uh, uh, I hope I don't sound too befuddled tonight, but... Uh, Let's go down, let's just read here. Verse 38, it says, Ye have heard that it hath been said, an eye for an eye, and a tooth for a tooth. But I say unto you that ye resist not evil. But whosoever shall smite, but whosoever shall smite thee on thy right cheek, turn to him the other also. And if any man will sue thee at law and take away thy coat, let him have thy cloak also. And whosoever shall compel thee to go a mile, go with him twain. Give to him that asketh thee, and from him that would borrow of thee, turn not thou away. 
Now, this is the next section here, and this has been construed in so many ways that it's impossible for me to even deal with all the different ways that people have tried to interpret it. The the two basic extremes are uh, there was actually Bible-believing Christians who had read this passage uh, and uh, in the Middle Ages we hear stories of them. If you broke into their house to steal anything from them, they just simply said, you can't steal anything from me. And they'd say, well, what do you mean? I'm going to give it to you. What do you want? And if they said, I want to kill you, they'd say, okay, here I am. Kill me. Uh, they, well, they read that word, resist not evil, and they, they went so far as to almost help people do evil things. Uh, I don't think that's what Jesus was talking about here. Now, we have others, I think it was uh, that great source of theological information, Little House on the Prairie, uh, the, the, I think uh, the father there, uh, uh, Charles, what was his name? Landon, Michael Landon, right? He said, turn the other cheek, uh, but watch out. That's not what Jesus was saying either. Uh, I've heard people say, well, this is only, if, if they're persecuting you for religious purpose, then you have to put up with it. But if it's not religious person, purpose, just make sure that you're insured by Smith and Wesson. And uh, you can take care of the situation. Not quite sure I'm comfortable with that one either. Though, though my uh, personality would tend to that uh, 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 interpretation of the scripture, I'd don't think I can back that up. Um, but what we're going to do first is we're going to look at the passages. And, of course, we can't get every one. Again, just like thou shalt not forswear thyself, those exact words were not found in the Old Testament law, but we went to three separate passages where it dealt with that very subject. And, and of course, we didn't deal with every one in the Old Testament law. There were multiple passages uh, many, many references in the Old Testament law as to how you were to speak, how you were to communicate with your mouth. And there are many, many, uh, I mean, almost every law, if you get right down to it, deals with how we treat other human beings. And so there's no way we could cover every instance in the Old Testament law that deals with this uh, uh, point that Jesus is bringing up. Otherwise, we would have to stop our study in the Sermon on the Mount for about six months and go through the entire Old Testament law. By the time we did that, we would lose sight of where we're going. So we're going to take three key pivotal passages here. Exodus chapter 21. How many people know what is in Exodus chapter 20? Okay. Hold up your hands. I want to see how many here. Okay, how many of you think you know what's in Exodus chapter 20? Okay, all together, here we go. If you know the answer, say it out loud. The Ten Commandments. Oh, I knew that, didn't I? So, uh, the reason why I bring that point up is we are not separated. The chapters and the verses are put in not by the Holy Spirit of God, 
They were put in by men so that we could find things. If you didn't have chapters and verses, how would you find anything in the book of Isaiah without memorizing it? But when we're reading, what do we do? We allow those chapter and verse divisions to stop us in our reading. And we think every verse is a complete thought and every chapter is a complete... And that's just simply not true. Sometimes I wish we could just cover up the chapter verses and chapter divisions and verse divisions so we could just read it as we would... a. Uh, text because that's how it was originally written. But if we didn't, I mean, if we did do that, it would be very, very difficult, if not impossible, to find any particular verse. So uh, the reason I'm, I'm saying this is Exodus chapter 21 is still part of God giving Moses the law. So this is in no way removed from the law, no less part of the law. The Ten Commandments was the summary. It was the preamble, the opening statement. Now God is giving us the details, and let's go to Leviticus, I mean Exodus chapter 21, chapter 22. It says, If men strive... And hurt a woman with child, so that her fruit depart from her, yet no mischief follow. He shall surely be punished, according as the woman's husband will lay upon him, and he shall pay as the judges determine. And if any mischief follow, then thou shalt give life for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot, burning for burning, wound for wound, stripe for stripe. Now that's... Pretty straightforward, isn't it? When Jesus is speaking about, you have heard that it was a said of an old time, of them of old time, that, uh, an eye for an eye, he was definitely referring to this passage in the Old Testament law. If something was done, if two men got into a fight and one of the men's wife happened to be there, and during the cause of the fight, she was injured and she lost her child. There was to be punishment. It says, if no mischief follow. If anything was done willfully after that, there was eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, stripe for stripe, burning for burning. You say, how do you do that? That's pretty rough stuff, isn't it? And he goes on in this passage, if we were to read on, that if you had a servant and you were trying to punish that servant and, and you caused them to lose the sight in one eye, they were given their freedom for the sake of that eye. If you were to cause, an, if they had an accident happen and lost a tooth, or if you, I don't know why any person would do this to another person, but if they were trying to, somehow teach their servant a lesson and broke a tooth, they would be set free for the broken tooth. This, this is what it says in the law. It says, if you 
do something to another person, that person would then have the opportunity to do that same thing back to you. Now, honestly, we could solve a lot of problems. We could empty Rikers Island if this were the case. Could we not? And, of course, this is all in 